Hello everyone. Thank you for all that have stayed with us. Sorry we're a little bit late. Welcome to episode 45 of the Town Social. My name's Nick Barlow. Joining me tonight, as always, Ian Kilroy at Gas K. Here to dissect what's been a another episode in the Huddersfield town. So proper. Massive news today, obviously, from the town website. It's Andy Oldsworth's birthday. Happy birthday, Andy. 40 years old, mate. No, obviously, it's we've, after another one-all draw, frustrating draw at QPR. Big Kev's finally said no more. And, uh, and Mora's got the boot. I think right decision, but we'll go into it. Lots to talk about. To be honest, I didn't go down to the to the QPR game. Gaz did, so we'll get his thoughts on it. Um, other than, for me, other than to say, really, I just found it really frustrating, as always. I thought we played better in patches. I thought we were aggressive. Particularly in QPR's initial third, I thought we pressed them quite high. Sauber played really well. So got some great balls into the box. But ultimately, again, lads, I'm sure you're going to say we played a lot better, but three shots on target all game against that kind of opposition in that bigger game? Nah, not for me. And in typical town fashion, we get a late goal, one of the rarest of beasts, a Jack Radoni goal, and then only to fuck it up minutes later. Even though we had a warning shot that somehow even I could have scored it, put it over the bar, we still switched off, ball into the back post, goes off his knee, bit of fortune, goes in, but after what Kev said, the week before, you can't. You, he, he couldn't stay after that, could he? Gaz, what are your thoughts, mate? Uh, well, it was a lovely day. I mean, the weather was lovely. We had a really nice walk down to the ground, and and my lad was he was he was warm for. It. He thought it was going to be a repeat of Watford last season. He was feeling he was feeling the optimism, and actually, I think and maybe it's a sign of how low our our expectations have stooped, but. So it was an okay performance, you know, in terms of where we have been and how we played, it was much better. Um, Ian's going to wax lyrical about why a back four is better than a back back five any minute now. I can feel it coming. Um, but I do think that we looked better for it. We played 10 or 15 yards further up. We pressed them high and they were pretty limited. You know, I think the fans after 10 or 15 minutes started to get a little bit irate. And, and, and the first half was pretty scrappy, Nick. I think the ref didn't help. You know, he was giving lots of little free kicks, lots of little fouls and niggles. We seem to have been, you know, been let to run in, in most games this season. But I thought we had decent control for the first time in a long time. It felt like we had control of the game. And yes, you know, I thought Sober caused them a few issues. Um, but other than that, sort of really good corner, first corner we put in, we didn't really create um, create too many chances. I think it was one where Redoni played in. Uh, Brody Spencer just behind the fullback to put a pull across, uh, pull a ball back. They got a good shot away, but got a block. But other than that, that was it for the first half. They created nothing. They had a big lad up front, and their tactic clearly was to play off him, try and get Elias chair on the ball further up the field, and and they didn't really get much joy. Second half, I thought we played a bit better, a bit brighter. We certainly seemed to be moving the ball quicker, and I thought Sober really did come into the game. And I thought he had a a sort of 30 minute purple patch where he looked like the sword revolved. I've seen a few complaints he was on the wrong side, which is which is probably true. But the right back was already booked and sober had him on toast for 20 minutes. The lad didn't know what to do. And he put in some super crosses, some of them with his weak foot with his left foot. But you know, this is a I guess this is typical of Darren Moore that we we'd made these changes. But when Sober's pump, pumping that ball into the box from 25 yard out. There's one player, there's, you know, it's Radulovic or it's Radoni or it's Healy. It's not two, three or four bodies. 
and and that that was that was you know I thought that was sum the game up. And then Elliot limped off for a what we looked at, it was a horrible tackle. It looked horrible from the other end. I didn't obviously we couldn't see it clearly, but it looked pretty bad bad on the Sky replay when I watched it later. And when Hillick limped off, I said to Connor, I think this is a nil-nil. I had it written all over. And then the goal, I had a stroke of luck about it. You know, I think um, I don't know who took the shot. Somebody took a shot from the edge of the box. It was going an absolute mile wide, hit Ridoni somehow, and he managed to just roll it into the corner of the net. And I thought, well, not even we can cop this up. Anyway, as usual, we managed to find a way to balls it up, didn't we? So um, I was really disappointed because I, I just, just, you know, with five minutes to go and then stoppage time, you know, you've just got to be better than that. You've got to be... And I know people will roll their eyes, but you've got to be old manning, you've got to be going to the ground, you've got to take your time, you've got to play for set pieces. And we didn't do any of that. We didn't do any of that, really. There was only one guy, the guy got booked for time wasting, and that was young Brody Spencer. The experienced blokes around him didn't seem that bothered. And and you just felt it coming. They missed an absolute sitter a few minutes before they scored. Another free cross. I mean, I don't know how many times I've moaned about the ability of, of you know how much um, room other teams seem to get to cross a ball against us. But I think the biggest frustration for me was that as they won the set piece, which was the start of the, the player to score the goal, he was going to put Pearson on as a sub. And when they got the set piece, he dragged Pearson back and make it, made him sit down. So, you know, that that was also slightly frustrating. Now, whether Pearson had made a difference or not, I don't really know. But it would have sent a signal, wouldn't it? And a, another big lad in the middle to try and deal with him crosses. So, and I have to be honest, I'm glad the game ended because I thought after the, after they scored, if the game had gone on another five or ten minutes, they'd have won it. The fans were up, their tails were up. But, yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> as I say, I think it was a, an okay performance. And I do think if we'd have played like that against uh, Blackburn and Plymouth, I actually think we'd have taken four or six points. I do, honestly, I think we'd have taken more points than we did. But, yeah, not enough to save him. After Kev bigged it up before the game, it was a must win when it wasn't a win. We're nowhere for him to go, really, I don't think, after that. It pissed me off, guys, that I think you bang on. I think if we'd have gone the way we played QPR against Plymouth and game like last couple of the last few games, I think we'd have been in such a better position. It showed you, to me anyway, that the back four is so much better when it comes to being able to dominate a game. Like I said, it's the first time all season to me where we've controlled it. And it is a big thing because beginning of the season, even under Warnock, we didn't really control games. We couldn't really do it. We've gone out in January, spent a little bit. I, I, I'm for sure, I'm certain now we can, and the goal we got actually came from having that extra man in midfield. It was Bolker, I think, that had the had the shot, um, and it went went to Adoni who popped it in. But it was just we played the entire game. We played ten yards further upfield, and it just felt it didn't feel as desperate. I think when we've got our back five, as soon as we turn the ball over, what happened is the team could come at us so quickly through the thirds, and we were just desperation, desperation after desperation after desperation. Every tackle had to be at it. Because we were just dropping deeper and deeper and deeper. And now Darren Moore's forced into this change on Sunday. Now, again, I was convinced that we spoke about it last week. I was convinced we were going in with it with a back four, which I must say, no one else, no one else thought we were. Sky Sports thought it 20 minutes in that we were playing with a back five. And then 25 minutes in, they're like, oh, this is first time Darren Moore set up with a back four. And it did obviously come from the back of uh, Kevin Nagel last week. I think it was pretty, pretty obvious in it that we had to set up, we, we set up that way because we wanted to play more attacking football. And to me, it was more attacking football with dictated play. The problem we have is when you've been so so negative and shit for weeks and weeks and weeks, you can't just suddenly turn it on. Like in, in game, you can't suddenly go right, right. Let's go, attack, let's go, let's go. Because you've got to get players into form. Darren Moore for me, we'll, we'll break his tenure down a little bit in a while, but defensively we always look pretty solid. We did look solid. We didn't look like we were going to concede, but that's because when you play with a back five, you have cover. Every single player in the back line has cover. 
there's not there's no real one-on-one kind of markups. You've always got somebody behind you to be able to just just help you out if you if you need it a little bit. Whereas on Sunday, first time all season, we went one for one at the back. And to be honest, I thought Helic was in a bit of trouble with Sinclair Armstrong. I thought he manhandled him a little bit. And when Balker came on, again, we'll talk about this in a bit, I guess, but I was quite I thought he'd be better. The Dutch, it showed you straight away the Dutch league is not the championship. For the goal, he's, he's pushed all or he's just a little tug and he's not used to it. You can see he's not used to it, physicality of the championship. And now Brody should have done better. I think they'd have been a bit, he was a bit lightweight himself and he got the wrong side of his man. But Balker should have been cleaning that up all day. But again, that's what happens when you go one for one at the back. But for the majority of the game, we looked fine. That is a fine balance. When you do go far at the back, you're going to look a little bit weaker in different positions and you're going to get found out a little bit more. I thought Tom Lees was outstanding. I thought he was fantastic. And to say he's all the centre-back we've... Is it all the centre-back we've got? I think he's all the Pearson as well. He looked fantastic. Yeah. He looked amazing. In centre-back four again, he looked like he's made for it and he stood up and were counted. Jackson was a little bit weaker because, again, when you've got a back four... Your fullbacks then on the ball have got fewer options to play it backwards and they have to kind of progress it forward a little bit. And now that's where I thought both fullbacks were pretty poor. I thought in the transition period, they can just run it out a little bit. You could see they're inexperienced. And that's why I think if we're going with this, with this from now on, if Darren Moore would have been staying, that's a weakness we'd have had to, had to address. But overall, I thought we were just much better. We were winning the ball further upfield. We were pressing high. I still think it's very questionable suddenly going out on signing Healy and then playing him as a left winger when Bojan... To me, again, another one I thought that looked pretty lightweight on, on Sunday. You could see, yeah, he might have scored 24 goals in, in 28 games, whatever he did last season, but it wasn't in a in a physical league because he looks a little bit lightweight, again, just for me at the moment on, on Sunday. Um, but we just we did just look better. The one-on-ones at the back, we didn't really concede from that. That wasn't the issue until, obviously, Volker came on at the end. And we're the only team that plays back five, 22 games in a row, goes 1-0 up away from home, five minutes to go, and then don't go back to a back five when we need to. Like I say, Pearson, come on, shore it up, shithouse it. Nichols get his standard yellow card. I'm already looking for it as soon as we go one up, right? That's an easy one, that, isn't it? He's going to waste as much time as possible. But we just seem to not change. But then that is Darren Moore's problem, isn't it? It's negative football. And then in games, he cannot influence any sort of change whatsoever. And that, that came back again on Sunday. We managed to get ahead with a new system after controlling the game. But then we couldn't see it out because he couldn't change it in-game to adjust to what QPR were doing. And unfortunately, we walk away with with just one point, and he's jobless the day after. Um, it was a little bit a little bit too late, really, wasn't it, for everything after Kevin Eagles come out again, like I say last week, and, and giving it the big in. There's nothing you could do, but last ten minutes again, just just little silly things we could have done just to slow it down, and he just doesn't do it. And, and ultimately, he's had to pay ultimate price there, hasn't he? And um, he finds himself out of a job today because of it. Yeah. And I think our goal was, I've, I've got to say that our goal shouldn't have been given because the ball goes to Lees and he's a mile offside. 99 times out of 100, that's given us offside and we don't score. It, it comes from Bolker being adventurous enough to have a shot from outside the box, which just doesn't happen in our team. You can tell he's new. You can tell he's a fresh face because that just doesn't happen more often than not. And it shows you, if you gamble, anything could happen. Takes a ricochet deflection, falls into someone's path, bang, it's in. It's right though, Nick. But when you've got the bodies up there as well, when the, when you've got that extra body up there, th- that that's when you that's when it happens. You, you create more chances for yourself when you've got more people up there. And I, I will quickly mention that I thought Johnny Og slipping back into that defensive midfield role with a bat four looked a different player. I thought yeah, he knew his role perfectly, and he again he was a leader that we've had for the last few years. Yeah, yeah, it was. Right about Lee's, by the way, during the game, I thought Lee's was because he he let Helic go and tackle Armstrong. And he tidied up brilliantly. You know, he didn't need to be quick. He, like his lack of pace didn't catch him out once. 
because his positioning was perfect. Me and Colin noticed a couple of times where the ball came and he just took two steps back, two steps to his right, and then he only needed to take three strides and he could whack it out into touch for a for a throw. And you know, I thought Leeds had a great game. Thing is, he's got competition now, though, hasn't he? You know, you've got Volker mm-hmm. come in, so he's got to he's got to play well now because if he doesn't, then he's got someone to take his place. And now Pearson's coming back as well. There's a there's a decent amount of competition there, and it gets the best out of them. I, I, but to me, like I know, I know what you're saying, guys. But I'm, I'm not as, I'm a bit more down on it than you on the performance because I, I liked his in patches. But to me, it's all about the end game, the end results. And you look at the stats as they are. We didn't have as much possession as QPR. We didn't have as many shots on goal. We didn't have as many shots on target. And to me, those are what matter. You know, we we can play better, and it can be a lot of oohs and ahs. And but did we really test the keeper enough? Did we really go at him? I can't remember really. I mean, we had a great corner pretty much towards right towards the beginning of the game. Sober, which is a brilliant ball in from the corner. And it was a Ely gets header in. Keeper makes a good save from close range. We never do it again. He just does a flat, I think next corner, he just does a flat deliverer. And that's the second time now. We picked out against Blackburn. We, we kind of, we, we, we do something decent, but then we don't, instead of just doing it again and again and going for it and just trying to get as many, we kind of just keep, we don't, we just do different things. And we, I just don't think we're, to me, it's all about the end product and it can look as good as you want up to the final third. But if we aren't testing that goalkeeper, it's ineffective for me. And we didn't test them enough again. It's hard, don't it? Nick, that, that's the thing, though. It's hard. I, I just think it's hard to suddenly switch that on after 22 games of shit where you're not attacking. That's the thing. We, press, we were pressuring so high. But I honestly, I genuinely think in training, we've just worked in being structured in defence. What happened, I really think what happened is Darren Moore, after the Leeds game and the Cardiff game, shot himself, thinking we're too leaky. We need to we need to show this up and we need to be better at the back. And I understand that for a very short period. But what happened was Mark Fotheringham was exactly the same. He came in, watched players attacking football, but then they just get into this. You have a couple of bad defeats. The players shake confidence a little bit. And coach, inexperience. I know Darren was not that inexperienced, but in this kind of relegation battle, a little bit more inexperienced when it comes to the, the squad that we have. They just suddenly think, right, we can't concede. We've just got to focus on not conceding. Goals will come, goals will come. But they don't. They don't, and then you don't create chances. And that's why, like, you, like yeah, we didn't create very much, but we were in the right area of the pitch for the first time. I think I think 60, 60, 65 minutes into the game, it showed a graphic of 52% of the game was spent in QPR's third. And now I'm, I'll guarantee that happened happen this season. Probably didn't happen to no, Warnock at all. No. And, and, yeah, we aren't creating enough. We aren't. But then I don't think he's been... I don't. I genuinely don't... I don't know how many of the coaching staff... I think we spoke about this last week. Are attacking-minded coaches as well. I've not seen us on a pitch try any kind of attacking moves. I've not seen it. We might have some corners which are terrible, as you said, Nick. Which is your thing. I love you. I love you calling out corners week in, week out. But apart from that, which are awful, right? What kind of attacking players have, have you seen in it? Because I just, I just think we're one that you knew when we went forward. It wasn't pretty, but you had your assignments: front post, back post, holding back, late running. Right? You kind of had four guys splitting in the box every time we went forward. Under, under Darren Moore, not a bloody clue. Mark Fotheringham just used to lump it long. He, he honestly reverted back to giving it to full-backs and lumping it long and hoping we could get it to stick up there. And that never worked. But Darren Moore, I don't, I don't know what it is. I have no idea, after watching every game that he had managing us, I have got no idea what kind of attacking football, what kind of attacking patterns of play he tried to instill in the team. Because other than Sorba Thomas going on outside every single time and crossing it in, 
when he's crossing is great, but sometimes you're a cutting man. Have a cutting and have a bit of a go like Josh Corona does. But apart from that, I don't actually know how we are designed to attack because, well, we haven't had a chance to do it because he's defending it all the time. But it's it just, it's again, too little too late. I think we, we opened up, we got better, we got into the right areas of the pitch, but like you said, the attacks just weren't there, were they? There's just, there's just no unlocking. It's not even there's nobody to unlock the like to, to make that pass, which people, we need a 10, we need a 10. No, we need people to make the runs so the 10 could actually find them with that pass. They, they don't even make those kind of clever sideways runs. You never see a guy wow. making them and think, oh, do you know what? He should have hit that. It just doesn't happen. It's just, there's no runs. There's no lateral movement. It's all one-dimensional, very simple football. And to defend, it looks like it'd be pretty straightforward to defend. And that's why we rarely concede from open play, unless like yesterday, where it's like a deflected shot and we're just there because we've got the numbers up, which is quite a Warnock-esque way to score. I, I can't remember the last time we scored a goal by a thread that passed through the middle onto a runner. I, I can't. I can't remember. And we just don't, you're right. I don't, I mean, without any bloody coaches, aren't we? But I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do in training because nobody, there's no understanding there. It doesn't look like there's any understanding on the pitch. There's no partnerships there. There's nobody thinking, right, I don't need to think about this. When I get the ball, I'm going to pass it there because I know that Sorba's going to be running through while Healy's going to make a run inside and I can just pass it without thinking. There's none of that whatsoever. You've got to take four touches before laying it off. He takes a touch, scratches himself, takes another touch, has a look around, takes another touch, player then starts making a run. Oh, it's taken off us. And that's that's what it's like. It's it's ridiculous. And I, I don't know, guys. I mean, it's so one-dimensional. You're right. It all comes, all our goals come from either set pieces or from wide crosses in. Very, very rarely do we ever score playing through the middle. And it, it has, I mean, is that the midfield? I think we do. I think we are short still. I think we are short of creativity in the midfield, definitely. And I was a bit disheartened when I saw Kev's tweet today saying that that's probably it for transfers, that the, the chances are, I think the, the players that we that we would like to bring are probably too expensive. It doesn't look like there's any potential loans on the horizon either, which is a real shame because I think we are short of someone that can pick out better passes and maybe just stand on the ball, just dictate the play a little bit more. But, you know, we've got what we've got. And I, I can't help thinking that a, another manager can get better out of this squad. Well, I mean, it, you know, I mean, you say about the, the, the we've tried to show up the defence and we've got, you know, and he's gone with the back five most of the time because they're frightened to concede. But we've only kept a clean sheet three times in, in, in his entire tenure. So it's not it's not as if we you know we're keeping loads of clean sheets as as that as a foundation we're conceding every game, and when you when you only score one goal, you know that's why we've got so many one all draws, isn't it? So I, mean, I, still can't, I still can't believe we're not in the in there's three teams worse than than us, and I think that you know I was thinking about the you know last year when we when we got into a mess with Fotheringham, Neil rode in on his white horse and and saved the day. I think the squad has been strengthened. I'm with Unit Max. I think when I look at the activity so far of QPR on Wednesday, I actually think our 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 transferences have been much better. Though the Wednesday yeah. signing be yet, have they? Um, so you know, I, I do think there's all the recipes there. But my worry is is that we played a trump card last year by wearing Warnock out, and he he galvanised the team and he and he shit out his way to keeping us in the league. You know what we're going to need somebody who's going to you know interestingly kev says they want somebody who's going to make an instant impact we're going to need to have somebody who makes an instant impact because we can't wait six eight ten games for somebody to find the legs because we'll be relegated i might say the only thing that's given me any comfort is i think the others around us are as poor as we are so 
I can't see QPR or Wednesday going particularly on a run and winning three, four, five games back to back that you're going to need to really give yourself a proper chance. But do you think do you think it could be the year we we end up running out of road no matter who we bring in? I don't I don't know. I think we, I, I I don't think QPR looked like very good yesterday, like you say, guys. I don't think they're going to go on that run of three, four, five games without losing. I think they look solid. I think they will win some games. Until we see Sheffield Wednesday this this coming week, I don't think Rotherham. I think Rotherham are done. They've got quite a long way to catch up, and I think all well, us and QPR will pick up points because we are solid in defence, solid enough. How many games we can win is another question. No matter who's in charge, but I think there's enough about us to get some some points. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, I don't know because we've got to see him. We've got, obviously got to see him this weekend to see how they go under under their new coach. Um, to be honest, I thought we'd go down last year, and if Neil Warnock doesn't come in last year, we get relegated. I don't think any other coach comes in and saves that season. And then we weakened over the summer. We weakened by a long, long way. It comes down to how if we can score with these strikers. I think. I think if Healy or Bojan can score, like I said, Bojan might have bagged loads in Finland, but to me, I think it's going to take a bit of time to get up to to pace here. I thought Healy's really, really good, but then Helix gone off injured, and if Helix injured and done, we're in trouble. I think that that's probably a bigger a bigger miss will be Helic than than how many goals these strikers can score. Um, but I think we're just lucky. Like I say, I, not I haven't looked this week, but last week um, we were about four points worse off the, the teams in the bottom three um, last year compared to uh, sorry this year compared to last. So it is a is a weaker it's weaker at the bottom of the division this year than it was last year. But then now there's a gap in there between us and Birmingham, and then kind of everyone else is kind of a bit of a bit of a gap there. It doesn't look like anybody else is going to fall in other than Birmingham. Now Rooney's gone, so they're going to pick up a few points and, and probably do a little bit better. But it's out. It's this Wednesday is massive. Wednesday is is that we said QPR on Wednesday are massive games, and again we'll have to we'll go on to shortly with, with Darren Moore sacking and and why I'll, I'll explain a little bit more. Then I just think it's a bit silly making this move right now before then if we don't have somebody coming in right now. Um, we've got Wednesday where we beat them, and I think you'd be quite surprised to get relegated. I think if if we beat Wednesday at the weekend. And QPR failed to win six points away from relegation zone again, and you'd you'd feel like oh that's quite a long way when there's only sixteen sixteen games left at that point to the end of the season. It's quite a big big jump for any team to catch up. But instead, we, we've got rid of Darren Moore today, and and John Worthington has taken charge. Obviously, before of, of unless somebody comes in in the meantime. But but by the sounds of it, Worthington will be preparing and taking the team on Saturday for one of the most important games of the season, or the most important game of the season. It will be, I think, unless. There's a decider at the end. But for the foreseeable future, this is as important as it gets, especially looking at the fixtures coming up after it. Um, so it's a big move. It's a it's a huge, huge move. But do I think do I see us getting dragged in? Yeah, of course we can. If we can't score goals and Helix out, then then we are in we're in we're in serious trouble. And removing removing Darren at this point, it could spin it saying we're three unbeaten here. We're doing all right. Is it three unbeaten? We're all right. And we should have won. We should have won all three of those games. We didn't, and that's why he's gone. And that's why, like I say, we're, we're looking down the barrel of uh, relegation three. Yeah, and look at the teams we've played as well and look at what teams we've got to play. That That's what worries me, because if we can't beat these sides, you've got Southampton, Leeds, all who are pushing for playoffs. You've got some really tough games coming up. And it's still, although the squad's better, it's still quite limited. And you're right, if Helic is injured then we're relying on Bolker to suddenly come really, really good really, really quickly. I think, I, I mean, we flirted with relegation for, for years. I mean, barring that 
Carlos anomalous season. We've been relegation most of the time. And I think the last time that I committed and said we were definitely going down, I ended up in a in a two two running up and down steps at, at stadium. So I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say for certain we're gonna go Do down. It, Nick. But, go on, Nick. But, go on, make but, a commitment, Nick. Nick, this is your moment. But, Come on. But it doesn't look good, does it? I mean, we under Darren Moore we averaged 0.9 points a game, and that's that's you know that's rock bottom form, and yet somehow still by some miracle we're not in the bottom three. I can't I can't understand it. I've I've no idea how we're not in the bottom three already. It, it's a miracle, really, that that we haven't. So for that reason alone, you've got to have some hope. But it. it, it I couldn't believe that, Ian. When the announcement came out, let's get into it. So the, the announcement came out about half past 12 today. It was no surprise. Everybody was saying right from after the game, everyone were waiting for that, the old picture of the empty stadium and the corner flap to come up, weren't they, on, on, on Twitter to say that, uh, an, a club announcement. And uh, and sure enough, they didn't, unfortunately, we didn't get that. I the fans were disappointed. But we got the message through. And, but then... The fact that it didn't say anything about a caretaker or, or anything, people are thinking, well, we, we must have someone lined up then. And bearing in mind, it's such a huge game on Saturday, massive game against such a, you know, relegation rival. And then eight hours later, we also get a statement saying, oh yeah, and uh, and and Worthington's going to be going to be taking us for for the game. I'm like what? I thought it was Sandra on there for for a minute, winding everyone up, and then I read it. I'm like, oh god, no, it's right. What? What? <laughs> I think everyone was just a bit confused as to what. To me, it makes no sense because this has been. Look, this isn't anything new, is it? We've we've had doubts. Surely Kevin Nagel's had his own personal doubts for a long time. Surely, to God, we've been sounding somebody out for this job. Surely, we must have spoken to people about this job. You would have someone lined up, wouldn't you? You 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 must do. There must be somebody close. But to, to go into that game with a caretaker, and look, there's no disrespect to Worthy whatsoever. He's I I I used to love him as a player, Worthy. But we need we, we might as well have just stuck with Darren Moore for this, and you know we'd have probably got another draw, one all, because we always do. <laughs> but now I'm thinking, well, we're going to lose this game, and you know, rightly or wrongly, I I, I hope I'm proved wrong and we do great, but. Caretaker manages it rarely goes well, especially at town. It's a lot to put on Worthy and the team on this game. The pressure is going to be massive. The fans, if it doesn't go well for the first sort of 10, 20 minutes, if we're not playing well, the atmosphere is going to be awful. And are they going to cope with that pressure? Are they going to be able to make the in-game tactical decisions to to, to influence the game? I, I don't know. But I'm worried. I'm, I'm worried for that game. I really am. And if we lose that, Bloody hell! I mean, Southampton away after. It's a, that's a baptism of fire, isn't it? For whoever the poor sod that comes in, gonna have to deal with. So, yeah, I was I was baffled. I'm I'm baffled by that. I really am because if if we're gonna make the decision, make it, get someone in, get them in. Well, I, I would have thought after the way Nagel's been carrying on with his video diaries and talking about. We have to win three out of three, and then when we didn't win three out of three, we have to win next game. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's a must-win. Surely, and then he's been hinting, he's been talking to other managers. I'm with you when I read the statement and didn't see another, another name for a caretaker manager. My assumption was a deal was being done, and before the end of the day, we'd have a name, and then mid-afternoon, here we go. Oh, no, by the way, John's taking it. So, 
one or two things has happened. One, they've either got somebody pretty close and they just haven't been able to iron out whatever the deal is in terms of money or T's and C's or contract length or whatever it is. Or, more worryingly, they've just, you know, they, they've done this on a whim. Kev's got himself into a corner where we didn't win, so he has to deal with him. The deal was obviously done last night because I think when they announced it, it was about 4 a.m. in Sacramento. So I'm fairly sure he wasn't out of bed negotiating a deal. This was done last night, wasn't it? Um, and they were just been ironing out the compo this morning with, with, with Darren. So, yeah, it's, it's a really strange one. And, and, you know, as you say, the Wednesday game isn't just important for, for the reason we've got to win, but we also need to start, you know, somebody's coming in, the sooner they get in, the sooner they can start to stamp the, the mark on the team because if they're going to come with a style of playing, that'll be the next thing, won't it? Two or three games to get that going and, you know, Southampton game is going to be a write-off. Leeds game is going to be a write-off. Um, I've just had a quick look. QPR have got Blackburn on Saturday. So, you know, we lose to Wednesday. They beat Blackburn. Suddenly we're in a real world of trouble, aren't we? So it's not just our game that's important. It's the others that are around us as well. So it's really weird. Um, you know, Kevin went a bit quiet after he went back to the States. I know it's, although he's now back again now. Now he's now they've got rid of him. He was leaving Dave Carmichael to wind everybody up, I think, wasn't him? And I, I'm not entirely sure his sarcastic comments on... I love it. it. I mean, what a bellend. I mean, it's he wasn't... Just, having, <laughs> it's great theatre. Oh, though, it's his first it? bellend. It's his first what? bellend. Ding, ding, ding. We've got the first Kevin Nagel slash Dave Carmichael bellend given out. Oh, oh, it's taken longer. It's just... taken longer than, than normal. But to be fair, I can, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, is, just, it, is it Dave Carmichael or Carmichael Dave? Because I, I, I call, call yeah. him Dave, but then it's the other way around, isn't it? Where, where is it? it? Oh, wow. I, I thought it was, I it was real name anyway. Anyway, anyway oh, either way, know. he wasn't helping anybody, was he, on Saturday morning with his, oh. with his tweet? And, and ask, I, him, I guys, ask him, ask him, ask him, guys, say, hey, Dave, we're just calling you a bellend, but we don't want to call you it properly. Yeah, we, we just want to make sure it's right, mate. Is it? Is it Dave Carmichael, your bellend? What what we're going with here? But no, but I, he wasn't. I and mean, in fair, I, I appreciate it was all in it was all in sarcasm. But I don't think the position we're currently in calls for sarcastic, smart mouth, Alex, smart Alex comments from people within the club. It's not where we really are, is it? When you've got a bloke who's facing the sack if he don't win the game either. You know, it was a bit it was a bit shoddy really, but. Yeah, it's a real weird one. I was looking at the odds earlier and, and you know, as we said before we came on, I think no matter who gets appointed, 25% of the town fans will think it's a waste of time and they're never coming again. And I've just ripped up my season ticket and I'm never coming back into the ground until he's got, I can just fucking see it all, no matter who it is. So that's going to be a challenge. They're going to have to get over that to start with, aren't they? Um, you know, the names that have been mentioned, Mazzino and, and Eustace and Ecky Bottom, you know, people saying, why we want to go for people of that quality? Well, because we're a championship club who's virtually on the edge of relegation, who doesn't have the money of people at the other end of the league. It, does, it shouldn't take too much explaining, should it? But, you know, I think, yeah, it, it, it's, been a, it's been a weird 12 hours, hasn't it? That's for sure. It's just it's been a weird week. Like, we love the diaries. We've, we spoke about it a lot. It's always, it's nice. But then it, it's... Gotta be careful how I say this. Is it would you guys consider it a little bit unprofessional when it comes to saying like the way because realistically, the way Nagel spoke last week, if Darren Moore didn't 
win against QPR, he was sacked. It was it was an ultimatum, or it felt like it, and that's what we kind of all decided last week. And it's not really done in English football like that, is it? It's a new way to do it. You can like it or dislike it, but it's not really the done thing. And now we spoke about QPR game. I thought it was much better. And I think if Kevin Nagel last week doesn't go out and, and make that commitment, or not not commitment, but suggest what would happen if we didn't win, if you don't make it, I think Darren Moore's still on a job because I think there's enough improvement yesterday to, to go into Wednesday. Like with all the problems you've got, we're going in without a proper manager and 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 the players, we're still playing for Darren Moore. We saw the players give up for Fotheringham. That was clear as day where people kicking dugouts, throwing bibs, getting pissed off. We don't have that under Darren Moore. It did look like they respected him. So we saw Rodoni score, the running to the bench, got showing to and T-shirt guys, which you... I thought he'd died out to go back on Twitter just to take the message off what's going on here. It was a touching tribute to the late, great Dolly Turton, wasn't it? Honestly, but, but, but at least there's some togetherness there, right? You can, you can take you know, there, is, there is a bit, there's a bit of togetherness there, right? And if the coach is a joke, that ain't there, like that just it's just it falls apart within itself. And it's just, I just thought if if we're doing all right like that, like we have been doing, it wouldn't be the time to get rid of Darren Moore. Not yet. I don't, I don't think it was. I think it was maybe a week, a few couple of weeks ago. But like going through the three games, we, we've looked a little bit better. We're kind of progressing a little bit. Transit, we've got new players in. You're kind of supporting him that way. So give him, give him a bit more of a chance, maybe. But then he had no option. After after Warnock um, called him out a little bit in that press conference, when you were gone at that point, Americans, not Americans, but professional, successful professional people hold their own um, appearance, both professionally and, and physically, important to them, right? And, and, and it was like, a, once you've made that kind of suggestion that he's gone if, if he don't win, regardless of how it goes, if he don't win, he's gone. And that's kind of what I think's happened here. I don't want to. I still think it's really important, really, really too important to understand the relation I believe between season tickets going on sale in a few weeks and Darren Moore being removed from his job now. And in the the fans are disengaged. Um, it's likely season ticket prices are going to go up. And with the fans as disengaged with the manager as I've ever seen, other than other than really Fotheringham, um, it. It's not just a football move that the club can benefit from. I imagine commercially it can too, because it's going to give people a bit more hope when a new guy comes in. For the tw- apart from that twenty five percent that rip up the season tickets, guys, and don't want anything to do with him because it's a joke appointment, obviously. But you always get that. But I just, it's kind of the thing that really fucks me off here is that we kind of all knew this was going to happen from the moment Warnock's removed. We knew whoever came in next, we're going to be a bit of a yeah. fall guy. When Warnock's parting shot is, ah, there's no reason they can't go for playoffs. At that point, town fans are like, little kids, oh, we're going for the playoffs. If we don't, uncle, 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 uncle said, uncle, um, uncle Warnock <laughs> said we were going, he was fine, he said we were going to playoffs and now we're not, it's Darren's fault. Like, that. that's that, that's the thing and I, I just feel no matter who came in, we not going to be good enough for the fans but then we, you can break, you can, it's really easy to look where it went wrong for him. Ipswich game, substitution, seven minutes in, we're beating one of the best, best teams in division and comfort, and doing all right, because at that point, we were a little bit more defensive, but it wasn't as set in as it, as it became. And then <clears throat> he took off the best three players we had, I think, in were it Og, Nakam, were it Hog, Uter and Karoma, I think. I, I can't really remember now, it's off the top of my head. Seven minutes in, he did that, and we ended up drawing the game. And we, we had that game won, we had it won, but he made the substitutions, I didn't feel he had to need to make any cost us. And then we went to Leeds, and it was tactically inept. It was tactically inexcusable playing Edwards. Which winger were it, Gaz? Fast lad who were doing him over and over and over again. Somerville, that way. Somerville, yeah. And he didn't change it. Ten minutes in, he's given about 17 goals away. He didn't change it. He kept it till half time. And that's synonymous with Darren Moore's tenure at Huddersfield Town and inability 
or an indes no desire to change it when he got it wrong. And, and I, 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 again, we spoke about it before. Like going back to my, we should go over back for this weekend, and we did. If I've not mentioned that, I'll mention that again. It was the only option I thought we could go at, and that's from my own experience as a player and a coach against Leeds. Darren Moore made decisions there that I couldn't understand. I can't fathom it. Normally, I think between us as town fans, you can kind of work out what people are trying. Time and time again, Darren Moore's substitutions were fucking weird. They were never they were never understandable. And that over time just gets fans turned against you. You could feel it once substitutions came. Like they were just not not that open groan you get when we pass backwards to the goalkeeper, but still just deflating on it. It would just like week after week after week. You never got that right. We're out of here. Last 15. Let's have a go. Come on, let's steal this game. Until QPR, I thought we were all right. Then we did score. And then we decided not to bother playing anymore. And we turned it away at that point. But I just thought we would we, we Darren, I just I don't know. I don't know what I don't do you know what I don't know much about Darren Moore still. His press conferences conferences were embarrassing. His tactical setups were quite often embarrassing. And his subs were less than hopeless. They were actually damaging normally to, to how we were playing. And Roughly. for those three reasons alone, I'm out. It's like Dragon's Den, isn't it? This? Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's just, it didn't seem to learn really. Or if it did, it was very, very slow. And again, I thought we got to a point yesterday where we were better. But when Kevin Nagel's gone out, he's got no option but to remove him. He's got, he's got to do it. And again, I think it's a very American NFL kind of thing that, that those kind of, if you don't win, you're gone. I think you, you hear that a bit more in American sports than you do in, in English sports. And I can't say you're saying it's wrong, but I don't know. It just don't. It didn't feel normal. And yeah, we're all resistant to change. Yorkshire blokes, Yorkshire people more than anybody, I guess. But he just felt a bit off. And he's pushed himself into a corner yesterday where he's had to get rid of him today. My favourite part, though, man, was the little tease before the game. It's like, welcome to QPR. And it's a photo with a corner flag to start off with. The game started... With town tweeting a corner flag photo of QPR, and I love it. And there's no accident there, surely. But like you say, as soon as the game's over, it's a long drive home on the coach. Where I'm thinking, is it? Is it are they going to sack him now? And he's got to sit on coach with all the players. What's going to happen? What's going to happen here? So I kind of gathered and get home. And then this morning, town didn't tweet at all, like you say, Nick, until it were about Andy Oldsworth's birthday. And it were like, oh, all right, didn't expect that one. Fair enough. Is it happening? Little teaser, little little teasers there. And then eventually, news came through later on, and. Um, I think the writing's been on the wall since the Plymouth. As soon as it was a Plymouth game where Nagel sat in the crowd. That was And afterwards one. he came out. Yeah. And he just know because once you sat there and you're seeing it and you're feeling it, you just you just know fans aren't there anymore. And they checked out. They checked out a long time ago. I, I do wonder, you know, I mean, I, I have a, like, won't be a popular opinion, but I do have a little bit of sympathy with him. I think, you know, that he was sold a pup in terms of probably the quality of our squad. You know, that clearly Nagel and Cartwright and Edwards were of the opinion the squad was better than it was and they, and they publicly said so, really, didn't they? So I think he was sold a bit of a pub. The injury list has been horrendous, but his training, his his you know his tactics have ended up with that. I think Dell was a massive loss to him. I think he, he was almost starting to just find a way. The Blackburn game was a good example. He was just starting to find a way to play on the break with Dell being really effective with Sorba, and then we lost him. But, yeah, I think he's... I also think when he was at West Brom and at Wednesday... I think this thing about changing games, Ian, I think he had players in that team who were of a quality that would change the game without his intervention. People like Barry Bannon, people like, you know, I'm trying to think, but people like Livermore that was at West Brom, people of a real Premier League mindset, even though they may not be Premier League quality anymore, who could see stuff in a game and change himself. I love Oggy Bits, but if I, if I had a choice between Barry Bannon and Jonathan Ogg, I know which one it would be and it won't be Oggy. 
So I do wonder whether that's what's carried him when he's been manager in, in other locations, that he hasn't had to interfere in the game because the players have dealt with it themselves. And we haven't got that level of quality here, perhaps. But listen, it's the most underwhelming reign probably since Mark Fotheringham. So that tells you a lot, doesn't it? But I, I do, I do, the only thing I do know is we can't keep fucking sacking managers because we're starting to look like a, a bit of a joke and, and makes us even more unattractive to anybody of any quality. And B, you just you just can't build a future. You can't build a sustainable future for your club, sacking a manager every six months. It just can't happen. And when we appointed Boer, I think we said at the time, there'll be a sticky point, and at some point we'll see whether Kev rides it out, and he hasn't. The thing Kev's is, though, you've got to, I've got to be fair to Kev here, to, to Nagel, in that he brought him in on the multi-year deal, and at this point in the season, after tw- after 23 games, he said he's, he's admitted he's got it wrong. He hasn't said it yet. I imagine that'll come in next. We, we predicted this when he was appointed. We said we'll be sat in here in December or January, and they'll be apologising and saying, "No, sorry, I got that appointment wrong. It's my fault." Because that's the only option. That's, that's the only option they could have after following Warnock with their own appointment if it didn't work out. And that's where we find ourselves. But I'm I, I'm with you. I, I feel a little bit sorry for for Darren. He might be. I feel pretty harsh. I mean, called him tactically simple. I think that's I think that's one of the worst things you could actually say about a football manager. But I'll stick with it. Because he did have he did have a limited squad, and, and I honestly think um, that the board understand it now. They might not have before, and it was an ego driven thing. Maybe maybe we thought we thought we were better than we were, and we could come in with a smaller squad and do better. But they've gone out and spent money, and if it is seven figures for for whichever players, then from all the meetings I've had with Kevin Nagel, that was not in the plans at that point. I don't feel in that they were talking a lot about balancing budgets and this, that, and the other. But I think we've panicked a little bit because we realise we are quite a way away from where other teams are in the championship and where you need to be to compete week in and week out against everybody. And they've gone back and, and they kind of rectified that mistake, which, fair enough, well played. I think we need it. Good on you. You've, you've gone out and done it. But then they're giving Darren Moore like two games with these players and then got rid of him. And I just feel there's a bit of a disconnect there between what they said initially, what they've actually gone back and done now, and then sacking Darren Moore so quickly. It just doesn't feel like a kind of... Straight progression, does it? It just feels a bit up and a bit here and there, and no real synergy between decisions they seem to be making week in, week out at the moment. But then that's what happens with football teams, doesn't it? When you panic, we everyone saw Sunderland Till I Die uh, documentary where they weren't going to sign out any striker. They were signing no striker on transfer deadline day. Is it Will Grigg? I think they go spend three million on when they had no plan on doing it in the morning. But that's that's what happens in football when you're panicking, when you need to get something done, you have to just react and think quickly. The thing is, those moments and those decisions define and decide seasons. And ours will be defined and, de- and decided upon whether getting rid of Darren Moore now is the right thing to do or, or not, if, if the next appointment's not right. So it's a big call by everybody. It's a big call. We've got a comment here. I, I can't add it in, unfortunately. We've got a comment from David Piccione. Have you put, yeah, there we go. So saying he, he wasn't really sold um, publicly. If he'd have done his research and knew where he was going, then he might have known what state we're in. And I guess, well, yeah. He's probably got, he's got, actually, fairness to David, he's not he's probably got a point, because we've talked about this before, anyway, where if he'd have known that squad and done any research, why would he play you to Nakayama at centre midfield at Birmingham? Yeah. I'm just still in therapy for that, mate. I'm still waking up with cold sweats over it. It's... To be fair, though, it's... Neil Warnock was no different. When Neil Warnock came in, the first game we had was against Stoke last season, and we were, we were absolutely awful. And I think Ronnie... Called Warner Cup, didn't he? Saying what yeah, have we signed did. on for here? What have we? Why we so I don't actually think as cr- it's, it's as crazy as it sounds. But then there aren't that many jobs available in the English Football League, is there? There's only 92 of them. So if one's available and, and you can take it, 
most people are going to jump at it, especially when every now and again a club seems to just go abroad regardless of what's available at home as well. There's not that many opportunities for football managers to, to jump in. So he probably didn't didn't know exactly what he was coming in for. But then I don't think you've got the luxury when you're a football manager, to, especially when you left Sheffield Wednesday the way you did, to, to, to come into a club the size of Huddersfield Town. Like we, we are a, we're a bona fide championship club. We've got a, a big fan base and we get quite a bit of money to spend, evidently, because we're spending it now on, on strikers and, and, and stuff in, in January. Okay, it's relative to the division we're in. It's not it's not a lot, but for Darren Moore, there's probably not many other opportunities he could have taken as appealing as us. But I don't think he'd have been as aware of this goal because, like you say, you wouldn't have been playing there if, if he had have been. It were like a pre-season and it were like just, just experimenting. No, it doesn't matter if it doesn't work, but it does because it were a league game and it were, it were embarrassing that. It were embarrassing that Birmingham game. It's just baffling, baffling decisions. And you're right, it just looked like he'd, he'd no idea whatsoever what he'd walked into and, and he was just tinkering and he was taking about four or five games to get his formation right and to know the players. But we didn't have that luxury. We, we didn't have that luxury of time to start messing around and experimenting and putting square pegs in round holes and all that. I, it, it were always going to be a poison chalice, the job. Though. I, I said it right at the beginning when Warnock went because he was such a big character as well. And you've got someone like Darren Moore and he's such a, he's such a nice guy, but it's just a complete contrast in personality. And the town fans do not warm to that sort of personality at all. He hadn't helped himself the fact he hasn't gone and applauded the fans most of the games, and I, I appreciate that, but it was always going to be such he a difficult... He on Saturday, and I think as he was walking down the pitch, and people told him to fuck off. I think he was well, great. I think he knew he was going there, there and then, which is why he went and to applaud him to say thanks, because I don't think he would have done it otherwise, guys. I, no. I was going to ask, like, what was the feeling at the end? At the final whistle, because it was a bit, it was a bit of a mix. It was a bit of a mix. There was a bit of vitriol certainly coming from behind us at the back in the uh, real seat in there where the, the the younger lads were. But um, I, it was a bit of apathy for me, really. I, I didn't feel the need to tell the bloke to, to f off, really. And, you know, um, but you, we were talking earlier uh, in I about polls. You know, you look at there's been several polls on the last day or so about whether he should stay. And it's ninety percent. He never got him back. He never got him back from Leeds. Yeah. What happened in that Leeds game? Yeah. It, 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 football, football is a bit like a story. It's like a story, it's like a storybook, like a fairy tale. And these narratives and, and, and what happened in that Leeds game was never going to be forgotten, unfortunately, for Dharma, unless he went on a massive running streak. But the squad that we have, it's just not going to happen, even for the best manager. The best thing we can do is survive. But the problem is when the fans turn against you, the, the, the wins are kind of muted. And the defeats are amplified. People want to jump straight down your throat, and that's kind of what remains. I know we've only won three and twenty-three under him, but which surprises me actually. I know, I know is, is it the second, is it one of the worst, second worst uh, record we've had as a Huddersfield Town coach? But we don't feel like we've lost. We've lost a few embarrassingly, but most of them we're just drawn. It's just not quite there. And, and to go from a draw to wins, only little tweaks here and there. So it's not that no, far off. But lost 10, the way it, we lost ten, isn't that terrible? Yeah, it's just it's 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 just like you say, the fans turned against him, and he never won him back round. And unfortunately for him, he doesn't have that. Again, we'll talk about replacements shortly, but he doesn't have that. He's not as character. He's not a character. He doesn't seem to be a loud character or a strong character. He might be great in the dressing room, fantastic, but when it comes to leading fans, it's just not quite there for town fans. And we need it. If you bite it, it buys your time. It buys your time as an Huddersfield Town coach. It really does. And he doesn't. He didn't have it, and he lost it after Leeds because. Certain games you can lose badly in, but Leeds away is just not one of them. 
It's, it's just not because you've got 4,000 town fans there that hardcore support that are loud, that the vocal minority maybe, but they'll they'll give it they'll give it you exactly as this as they feel it, and and often is it fair and often is it right? But they will, and when they're chanting, there's only one Neil Warnock, and you're getting sacked in the morning, which is baiting the Leeds fan is saying is saying there's only one Darren Moore. That was a joke, and and I don't think Darren liked it. I think mean, that's when the not coming and clapping the fans kind of became a thing, and uh, when we everyone kind of noticed it, and he just never recovered from it. And it, and again, unless you win those games, you're not going to. Um, it's, it's it's been. I kind of do feel sorry for him for the for the squad that he's got, but then again, he's won three games in twenty three. So what more can you expect? If you've got the experience behind you of proven success, getting teams out of the championship, or if you're a, a lower end Premier League manager, that would buy you time. If you're a personality and you were you were shouting on the touchline, you know, passionate and going up to the fans, that would buy you time. But unfortunately, he's kind of neither. And I mean, the, the record speaks for itself. He'll get a, he'll get a decent job. He's got a decent payout. You know, he'll, I'm sure he'll be a success somewhere. I, I hope so for him. You know, I don't wish him any ill whatsoever. But, some, you know, sometimes managers at certain clubs, it just doesn't work. It's just not a fit. And Darren Murray just wasn't a fit for this football club. Not in terms of personality and tactics. I mean, all this rubbish about attacking football and, I, I've never seen him play attacking football. Any Wednesday fan just just laughs at him like what? I mean, I'd hate to see his defensive football. Let's put it, if that's his attacking football. <laughs> what's his defensive oh football? my god, Darren Moore defensive, defensive football. football? Oh. I, so I mean, and I'm you know I'm just having a look now. Um, Jake Edwards has come out and he said we're looking for our next appointment to have a a short term impact, big short term impact. Uh, but also to fit with our longer-term strategy of building attack-minded, progressive style of football. Well, I hope um, Jurgen Klopp's available then. Because yeah, I tell you what, yeah, what reading a load that, of football what, jargon. What, yeah, but what manager ticks those boxes from what's available? Well, because I'm struggling, guys, to be honest. No, I've got the, I've got the odds. I'll see, I'm going to see if I can put them on the screen. What he's saying, uh, no, what he's saying is we're not getting Sam Allardyce or Neil Warnock. Because I can't think of another manager that fits into the firefighting to the end but of the who's, season. Who's coming in and having a big short-term impact, Ian? That, that's my point. Because to me, all these options that were taught, realistic options, are sort of slow burners, longer-term success project-type managers that will come in and may not set the world alight, but may build to something. But who's actually going to come in with the personality and the experience and the charisma to be able to get immediate short-term results for this football club? I don't see any of those having those kind of qualities. That come no, on, but I, don't, I don't know what else he can say, though. What, what else can they say? They can, what, I don't know what else he can come well, out and say. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know, mate. But but equally, town fans, they can smell bullshit a mile away as well, can't they? And it just adds more fuel to the fire, doesn't it? When you, It was like when Darren Moore came in and he was saying all the eeping. That's why I alluded to this attacking football. Yeah, well, do you know what? You know, town, it just bit, put bit, pressure on him from the off. You're spot on, Ian. Do you know what? Honestly, I think the actual best appointment town could make is somebody behind the scenes. It's like that Sean Jarvis, Dean Hall kind of guy. DTS is actually pretty good. It's somebody who can face the fans and sounds like one of us. Because at the moment, it kind of just feels like it's business jargon. It's just yeah. like talking waffle and, and, and means nothing. And ultimately, it's not working. And just fans are getting more disengaged by the... By the way, that, that's the appointment. <laughs> the next appointment is the engagement manager rather than the actual football coach. But... This, well, they have to have somebody. They've got to go find somebody. Because I would go. get a fan. I would get a fan on the panel, 
advising them on what to say and how town folk because we've we've we all know this league we've known it for like some of us for 20 30 40 50 years we know exactly what Huddersfield town fans want how to speak the language the style of manager they're looking for the way to the way just the way to communicate things to the fans but I've no idea if they have any sort of fan advisors to them but I'll tell you what they need them because it's all that if they come out with this bollocks and then this they, they appoint somebody that's the fans find underwhelming they're immediately on the back foot immediately on the back foot before a ball's even been kicked again. that's why I think we've got to go abroad again I I, I know you're going to go on to odds here guys but I honestly think I'd, I'd take the gamble again. We, we, we're okay. We're used to it. We're kind of used to it. I know Jan Seivert didn't work, but Corbin, okay, came from Leeds. But again, it was kind of a foreign appointment, wasn't it? Foreign style. Wagner worked. That's what I'd be doing at this point. Because I think, like you say, anyone from England's going to have that, oh, that's boring, small sight, short-sightedness. And No, thanks. Yeah, yeah you're going <laughs> to get people who got based on opinions. Oh, no, I coach Leeds yeah. or he, he cheered when Sheffield Wednesday scored or something. Like people won't like it. So to me, I'd go abroad again. But again, it's a gamble. It is a gamble. The, the list is full of the usual suspects in terms yeah. of the odds. And then one or two, you're having a laugh, I think. <laughs> so, you know, told you, uh, where's Paul Jules? He only knocks about at this point, doesn't he? Paul Jules in at three times, dog, Alan, whatever it is. You know, Paul Lins is 50 to 1. You oh, fancy geez. that? Fancy a fight. Mark Hughes is 50 to 1. If you break a Gary Monk's 50 to 1. Now that really would be a long, <laughs> wouldn't it? If you break exactly. Gary Monk. I'd look abroad. We're all the thing is right. So look break it down this way. We're already looking at signing players from abroad again. We've brought in Radulovic from or Radulovic from Finland. We've we've brought in Balka from, from Holland. We know a club our size kind of has to think outside the box a little bit when it comes to signing players because the English market's super competitive. You have to try and find value elsewhere. Coventry now got promoted last year on the back of Yockers um, and, and, and bringing in a, a couple of guys overseas. And, and and that's what you kind of have to do. I know it's a little bit different, but you kind of... Town have done it before with a German influx under Wagner. I, I think that is the only way you can have a championship club with a budget like ours overperform. And I know it's high-risk gamble, but I think with a team like us, it, it's not a bad way to go. And we, we've got it right before and we've paid the massive dividends. Corbyn nearly took us up for a second well, time. Those on the list, though, when you look down the list, there isn't. One but both times with Wagner and but but both times with Wagner and Corbyn, I don't think they were there early doors, were they? I, I think they took. I, I don't think they were, were were on the betting list early. I'm pretty sure they just had on the last championship manager sacked. Whoever with Middlesbrough, who would it, last last coach appointed? Would it have been Middle Birmingham or it'd be Sunderland or Stoke? Oh, I don't know. Whoever it is, I imagine they just copy and paste their odds in and, and yeah. go from there. But um, I feel like we've done it once. We've brought in the championship manager, Darren Moore, I know a league one, but we've kind of brought him in and thought, right, let's plug and play him. Let's give him a go. That hasn't worked. I'd be surprised yeah. if we go down the exact same route again. I think Heckingbottom's a little bit different, having got Sheffield United to where they were. I think that's that's a little bit more aspirational than your league one guy doing it. You've gone for your championship successful guy. But other than that, I think I think you might be surprised. I, I just, I hope it's not another Stoke connection. I'm already sick of that shit. Every, everyone who seems no. to have been to Stoke twice has... Is appealing. Oh, don't start that, guys. Uh, I just feel like fans are going to turn off that again. It's not necessarily. Yes, it was at Stoke when Nathan Jones got appointed. Oh, stop it. Stop it. But no, it's it's not even that. It's not even that Nathan Jones, for me, isn't a good appointment. It's just that I feel that fans, again, we're already kind of figuring it out. They're going a bit Stoke here. A Stoke have achieved what? When was the last time Stoke achieved anything? 
They're not the club you want to... They, exactly. If you're going to copy your club, it's not Stoke. We've done more than Stoke in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, let's, let's not copy that blueprint. I just... I just the, the only one that's a bit left field in the in the top 10, really, I quite like the sound of, and is, is Scott Parker, weirdly. Because he, isn't he managing somewhere... Somewhere abroad, somewhere in, in is he in Saudi? Google is my friend. In Something like that appeals. Like I know the Wayne Rooney thing with Birmingham went south, and at one point I was thinking Wayne Rooney might be a decent appointment for us. Not because I thought he was a good coach himself, but American market. We want a Netflix yeah. documentary to help commercials. Yeah. That kind of big star coming in as a coach helps a lot of things. Is there anyone else available like that we can be looking at? Is that the kind of thing we're going at? I just feel a, a safe championship manager that that's been around the bush a little bit isn't isn't oh, shouldn't be that shouldn't be the way we go. And again, if I mentioned it, I've been banging on my four at back. So maybe this is my next one. Maybe this is where I'm going from now on. It's just it'll either be abroad or or, or somebody who's who's maybe a little bit unproven but comes with quite a big reputation that can that can help attract make Huddersfield Town look a little more attractive outside of uh, outside of the club. Not that that's the best way to go. Not that as a town fan, that's what I think we should do, but I just wonder if that's what they'll look at. I mean, Neil Warner would like Sorry, guys. Do you think that puts Rooney on the list then? Nah, because he's terrible. I, I just I, I think he's absolutely horrendous after his Birmingham. He's, he's not far off Troy Deeney level of delusion, is he? Um, so I, ju- I don't I don't think that's going to be the go I hope not if this if he, if in three well, three weeks we'll come back and he is I just don't think he's got the track record at Birmingham under American well, owners you know, and, very well. Derby, you know, and, the, and the feedback is that when he was at Derby it was all um what's his name that's at Hull yeah it was his yeah. Wasn't it? and it yeah. was him it wasn't Rooney it was him and that's kind of bearing out with how well Ulla doing at the moment isn't it but Frank loses yeah. it Lampard's on there He's on there as well. We've got well, that. That'd fit for me. That that kind of thing would fit. You're thinking of the American market again. It's not. It's not what we you want to look at as football fans. But it, it it's got a bit of value. Alex Neal, Michael Duff connection. Alex Neal with Stoke connection. Yeah, Alex Neal. That could be one. John Machino, Portsmouth. I, I don't understand that. I don't understand why I want to come here. To be honest. Um, I don't, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to think who I would want as a fan. In all honesty, people on about Steve Cooper, no chance. No chance. No chance. No chance. You might as well say Mourinho. He ain't got a job. We might as well go for him than Cooper. We've just as much chance. I honestly think everything seems to be around that we want to build a culture. We want our academy back, and we want to play a B team style of football again. I think you're going to go with a, with a, a, co- a first-team coach that has a real strong identity of how he plays football because Darren Moore didn't have it, did he? Apart from it being other than defensive, draw. other than board, uh, other than nine at the back. But I think we're going to go with somebody who's got a very specific style of football. I think that's going to be really important when it comes to the next appointment. And um, again, I don't see anybody on the list at the moment that kind of suggests that's what they'd bring to us. And to me... I don't. I don't think. I don't think his name's on there just yet. I don't. I don't think they know. Unless it's Heckingbottom again. I think that's just a little bit different because of how successful he's been. He lives in Sheffield. It makes quite a lot of sense. Plus the rumours that he might have spoken to to people previously. Um, obviously, the only rumours not not confirming nor denying any of that. But um, I think that that aside, I, I feel like we'll go out of the box a little bit because. But we will be attractive. The thing is, 
the club has spent money, so we will look attractive to people. Okay, we've gone through six. Co- is it six coaches in eighteen months? Is that where we're at? This will be our fifth in two seasons, will it? Yeah, six in eighteen months. This will be our six in eighteen months. Yeah, well, it's, it is a lot. But then when you've gone out and spent a few million again, there's not that many jobs available. So there'll always be people like there's always idiots willing to buy a football club. There's always idiots ready to come and coach one. So there will be decent, better names than you expect available. It's just who Nagel and Jake Edwards, I guess, and Cartwright want to want to go with. If you give them enough money, anybody will come, won't they? I've said it before. If you pay them enough, people will come. And, you know, maybe that's why he's holding off on the old transfers because he knows he's going to have to pay out a decent lump to get this bloke in. But I, I don't know. Which is clever, though. Nick, I'll jump in. It is clever, that. If yeah, instead yeah. of bringing one extra defender in, you're going to go out and pay a big... Big white, like we must have done to Warnock last year. He can't have been cheap, and we offered we offered him, him enough to, to stay on. And Warnock doesn't really stay on much anymore either, does it? So we must be we were willing to last year. It seems go out and get the right guy to 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 ensure championship survival. And I hope I hope that we do make that decision because I always find it very strange that championship coach or football coaches in general get paid a lot less than the players when yeah, they're, the the guys, they're the guys that have the most important job on in in the entire football club, but they're not the guys that get paid the most. There'll be people available if Town are willing to pay, and hopefully, like you say, if it means we have we have a less one less fallback, then so be it. It's more important to get the right man in now. And if it does take a bit of compensation or whatnot, at least we might have that maneuverability if if we are keeping ourselves to ourselves when it comes to squad size and what we've got. Ponte Terrier says Jukanovic plays good football, knows the league. I don't know where he is now. I don't know what he's doing, and it Jukanovic um, hadn't heard about him for ages. I'll, I'll Google him. All I can tell you about Scott Parker, by the way, is I didn't realise he's Harry Arthur's brother-in-law. Did you know that? Is he? Yeah, I didn't know that. So. <laughs> but then didn't he, he He wanted loads of money for Bournemouth because he said I couldn't take him up and then someone else came in and took him straight up, which is a bit of a red flag for me. And it were already like a squad that costs an absolute fortune. And that's my only re- reservation with Eckingbottom that Sheffield United have a much better squad than us. Now, I'm not saying, you know, we should be thinking about going up or anything like that, but there is oh, quite but a stark Nick, Any successful manager, will you, any successful manager we bring in, will, you'll think, oh yeah, but they had a better squad than us. That's why they're successful. So that's always going to be a, a yeah. re- who you bring in. I guess it's sort of track how much of a track record. Of, but then I guess he did well at Barnsley, didn't he as well? Yeah. I guess so. Chris Hewton's name always comes up, doesn't it, towards bottom of the list. It's always the same ones that come up every time, isn't it? Well, Neil Lennon, Lee Carsley, always gets mentioned on down at the mat. Never amounts to anything. It's all the same names. I, I think Ekin Bottom for me would be the would be the most likely option, given where that is local. I, I, would, and you, yeah, would you be happy with that, though, Nick? Is that is that what you're looking for? Don't get the box of shorts twitching, does it? It's all right. It's a, do you know what I mean? It's not an exciting. Not much does these days. When you get to my age, Nick, not much gets you going. No, uh, I, I, I once, but then I won't say any, and, it, and it's not a slight on him. He's done really good things at Sheffield United, but I'm kind of, we've been burnt so many times by, you know, promising this great football and we're going to do this and that, and it never amounted to anything. I can't, I struggle to get excited about it most managers to be honest I, I kind of just I, I, I can I, it makes sense it's a logical appointment but then to be honest I thought that about Moa with his track record I wasn't you know too down on him coming in although people thought it was boring I think most fans were kind of accepting of him coming in because of his record with with other clubs and 
obviously that's not worked out. So it for me, I'd be like sort of six, seven out of ten on the excitement scale. I mean, would you get? Who would be your choice? I, I, I wouldn't be. Hecking you know, bottom ticks lots of boxes, like you say, and he's local, which is another another big tick. Um, he, he has the, there's a thing about him, isn't there, that he, I think before he after he finished playing and before he went coaching, he actually went to uni. So he's got a football management degree and he's got a sports science degree. So actually, in fairness to him, that does set him apart from some of the other managers that are out there, which is I finished playing, I was a really good captain, so I became a manager. You know, the, the guy's obviously done some work. He invested in himself and the way he operates. So, you know, I like stuff like that. So that that that's a bit of a positive. Um, you know, I think Massino is doing a fantastic job at Portsmouth. I just can't. Why you? I just can't. Why would he bring them off to come here? And and he's never he's never played in the north either. He's he's a southerner. He's always played when he was a footballer. He was at Brentford and Wickham, and you know he played at that that sort of down south. So I can't see it. And um, I worry about you know, I worry we end up with a bit of a journeyman. Alex Neil, no thanks. Yeah, you know Eustace. I don't really know much about him. He, he had a bit of a time. Was he was he at Cambridge or somewhere before he went to? Birmingham, but he, you know he's he's sure. it, it's really difficult. If it, if it's second bottom, at least it feels like a bit of a safe pair of hands. But I almost, I, I if you're going to gamble, I'm I would, with with Ian, then perhaps you just go all the way and you bring somebody in that, that's not even on the betting ranks at the minute that you do, and maybe that's why they put where they charge that they've got somebody in the pipeline. Maybe it's the bloke at Sacramento Rangers or whatever they're called. Oh, I think it's even worse than bringing another Stokey in, isn't it? I just, again, yeah, I'm, like, like I say, I just want someone, someone from abroad. If it's not Eckingbottom, nothing else in the UK appeals to me. Um, so I'd rather go with someone who's got a bit of success abroad. Look how well Big Angie's doing. Big Angie Postacoglu at Spurs. Yeah. There are coaches around he that could have been, He could have been here, couldn't he? Because we, we, we chose the Cowleys yeah. instead, didn't we? He were going to come. And we yeah, changed that's, his that's mind. That's as John Terry was coming. No, I, that, that, well, I emailed, just... I told you, Aaron Moore, uh, Aaron Moy, two, two days before we signed him, I emailed the club saying, Aaron Moy just joined Man City and he's got on loan. Because I know his uncle, right? I'm like, yeah, he's just gone out on loan. We signed him two days later. No one ever, and I didn't hear anything back. All right, whatever. When um, we sat before the Cowleys, it might have been after the Cowleys, I can't remember if it before the Cowleys, Andrew played, he were over at Yokohama in um, Japan. And I'd seen him at Brisbane Raw, unbelievable, won two championships in Australia in a row, then went to Melbourne. Did everything there, and his football's possession based, quite Wagner football, but just never gave up. And last five, ten minutes of games, all his team score goals. And where have we seen that before? They'd wear, they'd wear teams down holding the ball. We're fantastic. I mean, club about that. Obviously, we never went that direction. They should have listened that time, but we didn't. But what I mean is, there's still the people available elsewhere where you can go out and they've got winning records and and just characters, just somebody who can lift the players and lift the fans. Because I think with town. If you get the fans behind you, it's like having an extra man on the field. You yeah, can play five at the back still because you've still got your extra man in midfield if we're there, if we're supporting them through. Cal said when, when that gets pumping, it, it makes a big difference. It does. It makes a huge difference. Home advantage in football is massive. And it feels to have slipped a little bit recently because it's just not there. We don't the groans are there. It's not really feels like home games make much of a difference anymore. But it can, but it only can with Uddersfield if your coach is kind of at it as well. So if we just home abroad whatever just a strong character that really can lead 
just not quite like Fotheringham because he were a character in the wrong way and it were a proper bellend. <laughs> it were good theatre, but it just was it were a car crash, wasn't it? But again, he looked like he cared. He looked like he cared, it and I still can. don't feel like people hated him as much as they disliked Darren Moore. I, I don't think the app they want as, as vitriolic as it is it is for Darren Moore. Yeah, Darren Moore is a much more likable guy, but again, he's just not quite as as strong as Fotheringham seemed to seem to appear. Yeah. But as long as we get somebody yeah. strong who can really, really take the club because it feels a bit rudderless again, doesn't it? Like I know Nagel's in charge, and when he's here, it's great for those three, four weeks. But when he's not here, it just feels a bit, oh, we're missing our leader. I know it sounds. I'm a 35 year old man asking for a leader at a football club. I know it sounds strange, but I think it is really important to us and to our club that we have somebody leading from the front. And when Nagel's not here, there's no one that seems to step up. I think the town coach can do it if we get the right guy in. And I think that'll make a massive difference, not only to this season, but going forward. They like data, though, Ian, don't they? That, that's the problem. That almost feels like a second thing, which interestingly, by the way, just because I'm while you were talking, I've just Googled Ekin Bottom. In Sheffield United, between November 21 and December 23, 98 games in charge, 50% win ratio. Hmm. Is that allowed? If you're, looking, if you're looking at coaching your last job, how did you get on? You're going to yeah. struggle finding somebody with a higher than fifty percent win ratio in the in the championship and Premier League, yeah. It's all right looking at stats, but you've got to also deploy a bit of common sense as well because it's just it's not playing with stats, is it? It's it's the things that you can't measure that are the most important, I find. And we've seen that bear out with with Darren Moore because his stats were great till he came here, but he didn't have the the qualities that aligned with the town fans, and. It, and it, it just didn't work. And I, I think you need a bit of a character, a bit of a nut job in there, to be honest. I think someone that the fans will warm to that's maybe a bit eccentric even in, in ways, but that, that also has a bit of experience and commands a bit of respect. But if you get someone like Gattuso in, just absolute nut job that nuts a referee because he's given opposition a free kick, someone like that. But I, d- I don't know, guys. I don't know. I, I, I think more than likely it'll be someone like Eckingbottom. It's not the worst appointment in the world, but I say it won't be. I don't know. It's a tough job. Not many games, really. Not many winnable games, should I say. Got to hit the ground running pretty much straight away. So, we've talked a lot, guys. Is there anything else to talk about? I think we're going to wrap this up soon because we, we've gone through it all. When do you think this guy's going to come in? It's obviously not going to be before... I mean, it's, surely it's got to be after the, the Sheffield. But we can't prat about for two or three weeks, surely, on this, can we? Well, I guess the only thing is that once the Wednesday's game has gone, you've got another week because it's Southampton away. So, no matter, you, 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 could put, you, you could put Klopp in charge and we're not going to win that game anyway, are you? So, so you know, maybe maybe they're thinking, well, we'll give them a bit of breathing space. No doubt there'll be a few people in the crowd at the Wednesday game. So, that should make it quite interesting. Surely there'll be a few sat in the crowd. Yeah. You'd be surprised. I, I honestly think we'll appoint somebody before the Wednesday game. I just don't think they'll take the Wednesday game. I think they'll be sat there. And, and if we aren't, I, I think getting rid of Darren Moore is even more mental at this point. If we don't have somebody in before Wednesday, I'll be very surprised. I just think the entire, the way the people, the club's communicating, they must know. They must know who's coming in. Or, or it must be down to a final couple and they'll be getting it done quickly. Because we are at the critical point of the season. Games are running out. We're getting into more and more trouble if the longer we wait here. <clears throat> I, I, I would be very surprised if we don't have something by Thursday, Friday before the Wednesday game. Just because these guys, these guys run a very tight PR ship when it comes to town. They've done things pretty professionally when it comes to communication and stuff. And I feel like not bringing one in would be a bit silly. I, I just feel like they'll know what they're doing. They'll get somebody in early, 
Um, but they just won't take the team for the weekend and worth it and I'll take it, which I think's again, like we've spoken about, it's a bit reckless because our season's going to be, I think, defined by the weekend. You win six points away from the relegation zone, like you say. QPR have got easier games coming up. If if we lose that game, Sheffield Wednesday are three points closer to us. We're in the shit. It becomes a very different season from Saturday onwards if it doesn't go our way. And we're going into it likely with, with Johnny Worthington taking a, a team. And just I just feel like we're quite lucky in that it looks like we've got quite a lot of leaders on the pitch. In, in, uh, we're still playing. We're still playing for the club. And Pearson's to come back in. I'm, I think I'd have Pearson in over Balker um, for the weekend. I think Balker, like I say, we, we were a little bit soft on Saturday. And I'd just go for the extra. I'd, I'd stick with about four. But I think you need some extra, as many leaders on the pitch on Saturday if you don't have a coach on the sideline. And hopefully we can kind of get through it ourselves because there's enough there. There is enough there to dig out our win if we have a decent go at it. But I'd be very surprised if we got our somebody by the weekend. This everything everything has seemed very planned out. Even when Warnock got got not well, he didn't get sacked, did he really? But when Warnock was replaced, it was a Norwich game happened, tweet happened, and then there was a, a bit of time, and you could see things going in place in the background, and then and then Warnock left, and then more came. Like you could see it happening. It was very methodical. And now last week, Nagel said, if we don't win, you're gone. Oh, I didn't say that. He said, if you don't win, I don't want to be sat here next week yeah. having not won. And, and and we didn't win. And now Moore's not here. So again, that was quite a methodical thing. There's no way they've not been prepping just in case that happened. I'm pretty sure they'll be ready to go with, with whatever direction they want to go in now. I think it'll be happening in the next couple of days. I do hope so. And like you say, Killer as well, season tickets should be should, are not too far on the horizon, are they? So I thought we we need something to get the fans excited and and on side, and if, who knows if we're going to stay in this league or not, and that's something else the managers are going to have to consider. Um, <laughs> Stephen says I need to change my background because of that elf ears. It's the light shining on the back of my uh, on my headrest. I only just noticed that. I'm going to sit like this now for the rest of it. Thanks, mate. Um, oh, is that a new yeah, chair? It, You've been out and bought a new chair now on YouTube. I've gone all out, mate. I've gone all out because I'm I'm almost crippled. I, I sit in this chair doing my job, a little insight into how my life is at the moment. I sit in this chair for eight hours a day. Doing my, so I need it nice and comfy, a nice little... I've got myself, trepped myself to a little headrest. There you go. It's for little things. Never, never mind that, mate. You're looking at hench, man. Yeah. You're like, you're like oh. being in gym. Oh, oh yeah, well, I know. Zone, man. it's because I wear clothes that are two sizes too small. Do you know what I mean? Just to just to emphasize <laughs> myself. Yeah. yeah, so do I, but it's because I keep wearing my clothes from 1985 that I refuse to throw away. I've always been in. What you on about? Of course, I'm at the yeah. gym every day, mate. Every day, you know. Yeah. Is that what working for yourself managers? Is is that what happens, Nick? Is that is that <laughs> where, you, where you've got to in your career now? I've got yeah, yeah. I've got a, I've just got a, a meeting. I'll be back in a couple of hours and then just go off here. Yeah. It's all good. Um, Dean Ball says, enjoyed that. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, mate. Thanks for listening. It's always a pleasure. I think we'll end it, guys, just just to sort of, I think to sum up, we'll just maybe get our predictions for the Sheffield Wednesday game, shall we, before? Because it is a big game. I mean, not easy, given the circumstances. I'm going to start by being optimistic and say we'll lose 2-0. Because I, I can't see any other <laughs> any other way we're worthy in 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 the size and it, and it's not look I'm not I'm not been really derogative to him but it's such a big ask to, to, in such a short space of time to get hold of that squad and produce a performance against a rival who will be well up for it knowing the situation who who have actually picked up form I I think it's it's a real banana skin this now and 
I do I do worry about about the atmosphere in that ground. If I think it could go sour quite quickly. What do you reckon? Uh, I'm gonna go one all draw. You'd be surprised to learn. I think. Uh, no. No, honestly. Yeah, I think they'll uh, they'll Wednesday are playing quite direct, which sometimes we we did all right with it on on Saturday against that big lad that played for for QPR. They, you know, they'll they'll play. They've got Ashley Fletcher and they've got that other bloke who's about nine foot tall. I think they'll. Uh, so I think they'll come. I think they'll give us a game. I do. I think they'll be up for it. They'll see it as a game they can win. And they've had a couple of tubbings off Coventry recently, so I think they're ready for. And and all the controversy attached to it, of course. I think they'll be uh, they'll be ready to just take three points. I think it's going to be a really tough game. I don't honestly, but I just think we might. I think we'll sneak a draw. Both teams need to win. Both teams will will want to go at this game. Both teams will want three points, and I think that'll help us. I think uh, my prediction is going to be on if Helix's fit to play. I don't think he will be because I think that tackle were absolutely horrific. I know it wasn't. It kind of you can't say his studs were up. I know it's late to go back into the QPR game here, but I will do for a second. It was a late tackle. He had a free. He didn't have to do it, but he had a free shot at Elik, and he took it. He didn't need to go in, but he went in to hurt him and hurt him. He did. I thought it were awful, mm. um, and 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 just unprofessional. Like he didn't need to do it. He did not need to go in at Elik there. Elik hadn't been doing anything to him all game, but he had a little quick chance because Elik were trying to shield ball out, and he had a quick go at him. And and if Elik's out for an extended period, I think our prospects sustaining the division drop massively. If he's fit. I'd be dropping Bojan. I'd be bringing Karoma back in with a, and I'd go four-two-three-one. Pretty much the same formation, but Karoma in for Bojan. Swap uh, Thomas and Karoma on the wing, so you got two in cutters rather than outside and crossing. And I think if we went like that, I think we'd again. But I predicted three-one against QPR. But I, I, although it did end up a one-all draw, I think we created more than enough chances to win that game. I think that game should have been a, a pretty, pretty routine win. It wasn't. I, I accept that. But I think going to Sheffield Wednesday, even without Darren Moore, if we go. If we go with something similar and, and Healy is the nine, I, I think we'll create enough chances to cause Sheffield Wednesday and any team in this division problems because Sorba Thomas is a problem for teams to defend against. Nobody likes it. He's a pest. I think I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay, especially if new managers in the stands. They'll be playing to impress him. Um, it's time we won one. It's time we won one. 2 0 win time. It certainly is time we won one can't remember what it feels like to win but let's see lads let's hope so anyway guys thank you so much for listening thank you for your comments and yeah hopefully next time we see you we'll have three points and a new manager take care everybody see you soon for now